I had a falling out with one of the girls in the group and the whole entire group, I mean, was so mean to me. So it was almost like, it's like that group of girls where I don't care what you guys think. If I hate someone, you all have to hate them too. Yeah. And I it, hate that. And it hurt me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, like, but I wonder, I, I feel like a lot of girls probably, whether you were in the right or wrong, whatever, looking back though, like having girl drama and like people being mean to you, I feel like it's really hard to process it as girls because it can be like so hurtful at the time. Yeah. And it's like the older you get, maybe the more clarity you get on it. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to see what you guys said on it because it's just now to where I'm like, oh, fuck that. We're your besties in your ear. Back for another episode of Mean Girl Pod. Wow. Welcome back to another episode of Mean Girl Pod. I don't know why, but I feel like it's still like happy 2023. I know. Oh, we went out last night and one of the waiters was like, happy new year. I've like five days left to saying that till it's really annoying. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> no, literally, I feel like I feel like you can say happy new year until February 1st. Yeah. And you know what's been mifting me lately? Mifting. Mifting? No. I've never heard that. Is that a word? Probably. Like miff- miffing? I don't. You're. I have the vocabulary of a small fifth grade child. <laughs> Were you good in school? I'm. I tried really hard, but the older I'm getting, I do genuinely believe I'm dyslexic, and I just never. No one ever took care of that. So you tried hard, but didn't do well. Well, I no. I tried really hard, and my grades were like decent. Like I graduated with like a three six, which is like a. I got like the medal. Yeah, but I had to work my butt off in school for that three six. Yeah. I didn't try at all. And for real? Like, and it, I would have like a zero on my homework, but I would have like hundreds on all the tests because I like would definitely never like try on those. See, but. I was the opposite. I would get like really bad test grades <laughs> because I couldn't study because I was dyslexic. And then my homework would be like 100% because homework is you can do it. You try hard on the homework. Yeah. Yeah. I would like I would like to encourage my children to take a gap year. Because I didn't understand the opportunity I had in college. And I think if I went back now, I would take all these different classes and like really try to get something out of it. Well, I wish I took a gap year because the year between high school and college or college in the real world is you have an excuse not to have a job and you and this could be the only time in your life where you have no job. Totally. And you can just travel. Yeah. I also wish in college, sometimes I wake up and, you know, like we have stuff to do and I'm like, wow, in college, I didn't have anything to do. Like, what did I do all the time? Oh, I would go to Starbucks and get, um, every day I went to Starbucks and I would get the reduced fat turkey bacon breakfast sandwich with That's no the cheese. Best. It's the best. I would so eat good. it every day just to go on a drive. I would put the windows down, so Blair good. Lil Wayne. Oh, it was the life. College was the best. And then what else did you do? I went out a lot, a lot in college. Um, I would walk around the campus because we pay a hundred dollars a year to be able to walk on the grass. And when I figured that what? out, wait, what? At, the University of Oklahoma, you can walk on the grass and you pay a fee in your tuition to take care of the grass. So the moment I found that out, I was always walking on the grass. <laughs> you mean like the green? The green. Of course you are. Because did your parents let you guys walk on the grass when you were little? Like if there was grass or there was a driveway, my parents always made me walk on the driveway because they're like, it's rude to walk on the grass. So I was taught to not walk on huh. grass. I feel like I always walk I, on grass. Yeah. It's made to but be There's more on. grass maybe. In also, you're not going to ruin the grass, are you? <laughs> no, I think it's meant to be walked on. Yeah, I walked on grass all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what else I wish I would have known about in college? <laughs> what? Pink Whitney. 
We didn't have her and I really wish we would have whether you're in college or whether you're 75 years old you should go to the bar because it's new it's the new year buy yourself buy all of your friends some shots of pink Whitney because it's the absolute best and it's pink and it's fun and it's celebratory yes and it tastes good we love pink Whitney head to your local bar today and order some pink Whitney Yay. our beloved sponsor we love her or him guess guess what got us far last night what Alex being nice <laughs> That's so true. Kindness got us in the polo bar. You guys, we... So Alex and I celebrated Christmas because when we were supposed to celebrate Christmas, I had the flu. (laughs) Which now I'm so happy for and so grateful for. Same. But we use it... I feel like... I mean, every day of the week in New York is kind of busy. But it's based off of the times you go. And we went at like 3.30. So we're like, let's go to some cool bars. Yeah, because we were like, they won't be crowded. And they were all crowded. Yes, they were all crowded. That's the beauty of New York. But we were going to our to this one bar and we look across the street and we're like, oh. I, to me, I feel like it was that that thing where you see something just shining. And oh, you literally, yeah. it's like, come to me. And we, we just were like, let's just try the polo bar. Because you were literally telling me five minutes before how hard it is to get there. Get in there. And we went up there and we were like, hey, can we is there a reservation? Like, can we go in? And he was like, no. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's so okay. Thank you so much. He was like, wait. (laughs) He's like, hold on, ladies. Let me see if we can see you at the bar. But this is the thing. We were going to the King Cole bar in the St. Regis across the street. Also famous. King Cobra. Yeah, Jordan's like, are we going to the King Cobra bar? I'm like, it's the King Cole bar, but either way is perfect. So we were walking in that. And it is, it's like we saw water in the water in the desert across the street. Literally. And we were like, oh, there's no way we're going to get in. And it's like, why would we not try? Well, that's just like the plaza too. We went to the plaza hotel and we were both nervous to go in. Like, why not just try? And if we were nervous to ask the guy at the front, like, can we get in? Think about how many people don't go to the polo bar because they're just simply afraid to ask that guy standing out front. And same with monkey bar. We were like, we're probably not going to be able to see anywhere but the, the bar. And then we go in and she goes, do you want this table? Fear of rejection's big because it takes... It's like an ego problem to walk up and be like, we don't know anything about this. We've never been here. Can we come into the polo bar? Like, I was so afraid of him saying no. I was so afraid of the plaza saying no. But it's like, why would we not try to go to the cool places? Exactly. Because really, when it comes down to it, we've said it a million times in this podcast, but regrets always can be way worse than rejection. Like, just walking across the street. So then we get in. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing about the polo bar is... It's this huge staple in New York that like everyone wants to go to. And it is awesome. Like it's worth. We had pigs in a blanket. I wanted to sleep there. <laughs> Me too. We were going to go to all these other bars and Jordan looks at me and goes, we are not leaving. I was like, I never want to go home ever. Like I, I want I want it's a bar too where I f- would feel comfortable being there alone. Oh, yeah. Us and Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill, mother, Chuck and Clinton. All of a sudden we were sitting at the bar and security walked by and. One of the guys that was sitting next to us was like, oh, guys, that means someone big is coming. And I mean, I freak out about any type of celebrity. You're like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> and all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's not because Bill Clinton was coming in. It's because he had already walked past us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill's here. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, him again. But the guy beside us at the bar, let's call him Tyler again. Where it's always a Tyler. Or should we do a new name? Because Tyler was last week. Yeah, I know. Tyler's just easy for me to remember okay, always. Tyler. Okay. Different, different person, by the way, though. Yeah, new Tyler. Tyler will always be our um, 
alias. Alias for men who give us really cool stories. Tyler had a hot take that we were like, that's not true. Tyler's 45 years old. Mm-hmm. He's separated from his wife. He has three kids. And he said the point of life is short-term happiness, not long-term happiness. Like you live every day for like the new thrill. Mm-hmm. Like you you go to bed happy you and you wake up happy, but it's always a different thing every day. And you never know what it's going to be. Yeah. And I just wanted to, well, we told him, we were like, Tyler, we couldn't agree less. Like life is all about long-term happiness. Also, the anxiety I received from that comment. I'm like, no, I can never wake up every day not knowing the reason why I'm happy. And and wanting to achieve something long-term is like a blissful life. Like that's the whole reason we do everything we do, right? Yeah. It's like compounding effects that equal happiness. And then he said, so we're arguing with him. He's like, it's short-term happiness. We're like, it's absolutely long-term happiness. You don't even invest money short-term. Mm-hmm. Like the way to get accumulated wealth is literally to invest it long-term. It's like everything should be long-term. And he's like, actually, I think the real reason is I know I can't achieve long-term happiness. So I have to go for the short-term. That broke my heart. And that was where the age thing came into play. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, I think he had tried so hard to achieve long-term happiness. And I think his wife had beaten him down. I think he was... Sad. I think he was just sad. And so he's like, for me, I have to live day to day now for yeah, happiness. And I do understand. Well, I mean, when you think about it, women are a lot more futuristic. Men are a lot more present. And I do understand that living day by day can be healthy. But I also think there needs to be a balance where you do strive for that long-term happiness. And also for people like us who want that long-term happiness, it's important for us to see the happiness in each and every day, but more of like the little things. Totally. There are little things like we we have trips planned and things like that. Yeah. And those make us excited. But it's like, where do we want to be in 10 years? Yeah. And it's like that takes so those strides are so much bigger than little jogs. Yeah. Like when I wake up, the little things that will make me happy is recording or getting Starbucks. But I'm thinking about my long term happiness every single day and what I want to do in the future. That's why we go to therapy and things. Yeah. He he also mentioned, though, he was like, listen, my wife nags all the time. And he said, women nag 90% more than men do. Uh, no. <laughs> Is that personal? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, see, a me No. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. A, a nagging woman is just asking for help. She's desperately asking for help from a man that is being willfully <laughs> ignorant. No. Yes. Okay, I kind of agree with that. I think right that now. a man, when he calls a woman a nag, mm-hmm. it's because he's being willfully ignorant to the things that she's desperately and obviously asking for help with. Okay, I think this is the difference. <laughs> my trigger. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Whenever I'm asking for help or something, I think the way I phrase it is not a nag. Like, I phrase it in a way that's like, this is what I need from you. And this is why I need it. And like, I explained it. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I'll be like, uh, excuse me, you didn't do the laundry. And it's like, that's that for me is like the nag. And, and it's and it goes both ways. But I do that. I do more of those than he does, because I don't think men think the little things are. I don't think they bother with the little things. Yeah, I think we bother more with them whenever I've nagged, though, like you guys are, both have valid points. I'm like truly 50 50 on this, because when I think about my past relationships, whenever I've nagged, it's been because I've asked my partner to do something and they never did it. Like, I, I've never come out of like the woodwork being like, oh, my God, why haven't you cooked today? Or why haven't you done the laundry? 
Mm-hmm. It, I've said that because I'm like, okay, I've asked you like mm-hmm. 30,000 times, bro. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, that, and, that's to where, and that's where she's saying, this is my thing. I expect so much more than Graham does. Like I have these level of things that I'm like, this needs blah, blah, blah. blah. And oh, no. he does. He's like, I'm cool. I think women definitely do nag more, but I feel like it's because we do expect more. And also not to toot our own horns. Usually when someone we love asks us to do something, we like, we do it right we do away. It. <laughs> We're very good at doing like it. Mike's, Mike was telling my friends for a while that I'm a nag. Okay. You still your friends or his friends? Mine. Oh. And they were like, yeah, Mike, you're right. Lawn's a nag. Like, oh, yeah. Sad. But I'm like, you guys, I'm going to start documenting the evidence of my nagging. And it's when he does the dishes, there's like me nagging is being like, can you like clean the gunk out? Can you run it? Can you mm-hmm. complete the task? Like the task is not completed. So I started documenting when he would <laughs> say, oh, Lawn's being a nag. And they're like, okay, you're right. Right. Yeah. It was like. He'll do the dishes, but leave like the food gunk, um, random utensils in there. Like it's not a completed job. Mm-hmm. You know what's sad? <laughs> I, I nagged so much in my old relationship, like a long, like my five year relationship, to the point where I just started doing everything myself because I was like, mm. I can do it better than anyone, so I might as well just do it. And then it, that's bad too because then you end up doing everything, and next thing you know, you're the cooker, the cleaner, the laundry person, and then that also makes a relationship really unhealthy. See, I won't do that. Yeah, I, I am, I'm with you on that. I won't be the one that does it. Mm-hmm. This, this is my thing. Also, I, Bethany Frankel said, if you want something done, give the task to a busy, busy woman. And I think that's true. Like, we will get shit done mm-hmm. 12 times faster than anybody else on the planet. Yeah. I think that all day long. However, if there's a dish in the dishwasher, or if there's a dish in the sink, and I've said it a thousand times, put this in the sink. If, it, if I see it, I'm like, get, you know, can you put the dish in? But he asks me all the time to please clean my hair out of the drain. <laughs> I won't and I won't do it, but I won't hear about that. He'll just he'll be like, oh, you know, and then he'll go. He will do a little tit for tat score keep moment where I'm like, there's the dish in there. And he's like, I know, sweetheart. And there was so much hair last night. Mm. But I, the, I'm the one that nice. na- I'm, I'm the nagger. That's not good either, though. No, but it's like little, that's where I get the. Oh, yeah. Men don't nag. They just let the little things go. Yeah. And we're more likely to bring those things up, I think. No, I I completely agree. I agree with both of you. Like, men don't nag, but the reason why women nag is because they're not getting what they ask for from a man. Mm. Yeah, I do. I agree. I definitely think that's I where really it comes from. I think nag is like a derogatory term. <laughs> it's kind of like, like crazy girl. It's like, girls yeah. are never crazy. It's because a man made her crazy. All day long. Yeah. And in this, in this instance, I'm sure after 20 years of marriage, you mm. know, he was making examples of like, they... They fly first class and she's like, I would rather be on a jet. Like, I mean, this this nagging was okay, like yikes. T- totally separate. But then he said he was like, I think women nag 90 percent more than men. And I, immediately I was like, I think I agree with you. That's yeah. fair. Not And not for nothing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we're the ones that propel things forward. Well, yeah. in his defense, I feel like it's at some point it's kind of her responsibility to figure out a better way to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, he said he thinks it all comes from comparison which comes from social media which i thought was very interesting because hmm. she's constantly comparing herself to everybody else who's on a trip who's got a nanny who's got their kids are wearing xyz and she'll start nagging at him because of that and he's like and it all stems from social media and i was like interesting but what was super oh. interesting yeah. was so the re- we asked him the reason he fell in love with his wife like i was like give give us one like the top reason and he said it's because when i met her she didn't care what anyone thought of her 
or us or anything. And now that's the reason he doesn't want to be with her because she cares too much what people think. And I was like, imagine the reason you fell in love with someone is now the reason you fell out of love with someone. Like, that's so heartbreaking. Because he put that on like a pedestal, I'm assuming. Totally. It'd be like me being like, I love Alex because she is the funniest person in the world. And then one day you have no sense of humor. Like, and that's the reason why I don't like you anymore. Like that's, it's just, it's very simple example, but it's just sad. So it's, I think it's so sad. And I think this has come up a lot because I experienced this with like big life changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason Graham and I fell in love and where we were when we fell in love, the, the point we were at in life completely changed when we got new jobs, moved to New York, stopped doing all the things we were doing in Oklahoma totally different people. And we had to step back and be like, wait, who are we now? And how do we love each other now? Because it's so different. And I would think when you bring kids into the equation, you you turn into totally different people Yeah, and you evolve over time. I think the problem is if we make that something we're scared of, if we become afraid to change because we don't know if our partner will still love us, then I think it's a bad thing. But I think if we allow ourselves to change and then our partner's like, okay, I love this version of you too. Like, I'm happy to change with you and, like, pivot. I think in his case, she started caring so much, probably because of comparison, probably because of some other needs, and they didn't evolve together. They evolved apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be really dangerous. Also, I think if you, a lot of times you're afraid to be yourself because you think others around you will judge you, but it's like you're not even giving them a chance. Be your real self and give these people a chance to show up and be like, I love that version of you. Oh, I'm yeah. proud of you. Quick pause to talk about our sponsor, Zola, because when you're getting married, it's not just about the big day. It's about all of the amazing days leading up to the big day. Um, for instance, for me, I was so excited that my family and friends were there. I loved the process of registering for all of the gifts. And my favorite was all of the wedding showers because they do themes. Everyone gets you presents. It's so much fun. And all of your loved ones are around you. And the best part is Zola is here for all of those moments. From the how do I make the budget work to the I have way too many spreadsheets open to the what am I doing for the honeymoon? Zola's free planning tools will give you guidance on where to start and help you keep your planning on track every step of the way. Zola also has a vendor marketplace, which is seriously invaluable. Save the date and invites, free wedding websites, and an amazing registry all designed by wedding experts for couples just like you. So many of my friends have registered on Zola now and they say it's the easiest thing ever. Zola is even there for the I can't make another decision and we're really going to need that honeymoon day. From just engaged to the only thing left to do is say I do, Zola is here for all the days along the way. Um. Okay, so Alex, yesterday when we were sitting and talking, you told me a story that I loved because I felt like it was pertaining to my current life right now. And then I was thinking it pertained to your current life. Like it was the most relatable story ever. So I feel like that would be a great story for you to tell. Okay. I'll tell it to you. Um, okay. So I was talking to a friend and she's been talking about her relationship with her boyfriend and she's been kind of wanting to like rebel a little bit. She feels a little claustrophobic. Okay. She's kind of wanting to rebel, feels a little claustrophobic, doesn't know what's going on, but she's like, I really love this person. Like, I don't know what's up. So I'm like, tell me a bit about it. She lives in Oklahoma. So I'm like, I'm not very familiar with what's going on. So I'm like, okay, give me, give me the skinny. And she's like, he, (laughs) he like suffocates her. And Mm -hmm. she used to post like cute selfies and things. And for her job, used to post like kind of hot photos, but she's like, I don't post those anymore because his family won't like it. And I'm like, interesting. And then she's like, you know, I, I, I don't make 
as many controversial takes anymore because his family won't like it. And I'm like, okay, well, how does he feel about all of it? She's like, he doesn't really want me to do it either. And I was like, oh, two things here. Oh, wait, I didn't know that part. I didn't, I, th- I thought she hadn't even brought it up to him. He kind of will be like, yeah, we don't, why would you, why would you need to post like a hot selfie? Oh. Yes. And so I was like, very interesting because you have to be your full self and really be yourself or else you'll start to suffocate and it'll mm-hmm. come out in other areas and you will want to rebel. You will, you'll have all these other thoughts because you're not allowing yourself to be fully who you want to be. It's okay to want to post a hot selfie. And she's like, but I'm worried about what his family will think too. Like, I'm really worried about his sisters. And I was like, listen, we started a sex podcast (laughs) and I had no idea what Graham Bennett's family was going to think. Yeah. (laughs) But you have to give these people the opportunity. Like when I went home for Thanksgiving, one of his sisters was like, oh my God, I don't miss an episode. Like love Jordan and Alana. And I'm like, okay, I had no idea But you have to give people a chance to support you. Yeah. But also on the other token, it's like, let's say they have a big problem with it. Okay, well, at the end of the day, we still have to be ourselves. Fully. Whoever that is. Or we'll start acting out in other areas. Because when you're not your full self, it just squeezes out. With the guy, it's like, you have to give him an opportunity to support you. Be like, hey, listen, I want to post the hot photos. That's who I am. You have to get on board with that. And he can be like, okay. Or he could be like, no. Not being your true self in a relationship, especially in the beginning of a relationship, will destroy you no matter what. I was talking to my therapist the other day because this was kind of how I was in my most recent relationship of whatever. the Sitch? Yeah, the situationship, whatever. And she was telling me, she's like, I don't care if it's like – if when you meet someone and you're not your true self, she's like, it could be six weeks, it could be six months, it could be six years, but their true colors, good or bad, will eventually come out. And then how is that going to feel when you see the real person they are and then you realize that you didn't even fall in love with the person you're with? Because mm-hmm. they, the personality and the person they showed you in the beginning is not the same person that they really want to be. And then she was like, we were because we, we were talking and the person I was with, our lifestyles are very different. And I tried to keep up with him so much. And, like, it was making me sick. Like, I got the flu. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sleeping. And she was like, you wouldn't have lasted another month. She's like, you you were running yourself into the ground rather than just being honest with that person from the beginning. But, like, your body physically was telling you, Jordan, you're not yourself. You're literally going to die. Right. It it, it just makes me sad, too, because your friend, when you told me that story, I was just thinking, I'm like, it doesn't matter how much you love someone. And they can be the most amazing guy in the world. But if you can't be your true self, like, they're just not your person. And that's okay. It's totally okay. And I think it's really good to realize it earlier on. Yes. You know, like, I had I had to realize it last year. I had to stop and say, what feels off? And it's like, I feel off because I'm trying to be who I think Graham wants me to be. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be who he thinks I want him to be. Yeah. And we're both like... I'm like, who do you want to be? And he's like, who do you want to be? And then we say, and we're like, I love that. Let's go be those people. We're obsessed with that. It's like, I am who I think you think I am. That saying, you know, like I am who I think you think I am. But it's like, no, you're just who you are. Yeah. And then every if everybody else is just simply who they are, then we all can exist. But you're right. Within six, your therapist said like it could be six months or it could be six years. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like constantly evolving. Yeah, and you can't have one foot in, one foot out in a relationship. You got to put two feet always there. Like, 
I can't remember where I heard it from. And maybe, and I, I apologize if you told me this, but someone was like, your feet are in front of you for a reason because you're never supposed to go backwards. Oh, I like that. Like, they're like, <laughs> we would have been created with our feet backwards if we were ever supposed to go backwards. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like the most interesting analogy. This is so season four of Jersey Shore. Is it? When with Sammy? When Johnny gets mad at Snooki and Florence for dancing on the bar top. Oh, yes. Like, well, you're dating Snooki. You knew that. Yes, like, you guys, that would be like me dating a guy and they're like, you cannot talk about our sex life at all on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Bro, do you know what I do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like, Graham be like, never, Alex. You know what you signed ever. up for. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it takes two to tangle. Like, I would have to make sure I was upfront about it in the beginning. Because if I was like, I don't need to talk about it. It's fine. Like, that's on me then. And, and Graham and I didn't even really have conversations when we started this podcast. Like, he did know what we were talking about, but it kind of came out of nowhere for him. Like, when I started here, it was mom-daughter content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he didn't know this is what it was going to be, but that's a good example of, like, having to go 50-50. This is a thing, I think, too. When you start to date somebody early on, not going 100% their way, not saying, let me just fit totally into your life. Instead saying, hey, let's meet 50-50. I'll fit into your life. You fit into my life. But I'm not coming all the way and doing all the stuff you want me to do. Because that ends so bad. And then you're like, I am your robot. And the guy's like playing with the puppeteers. Mm -hmm. No, it's like, let's meet in the middle. And we can learn a little something from each other. No, Alex, that is literally, I think, one of the biggest reasons why I have a hard time getting in relationships. Because I am that person. I when this is a horrible thought, but whenever I start dating someone, I always say to myself, I don't like the person I'm becoming because I'm I for some reason feel like I always have to. I just like can't fully be my 100 percent self and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm aware of it, but I don't know exactly why I do that. But I, every single man I date, I'm like, I don't like the person I'm becoming because I'm not my full self and I feel like I'm changing mm-hmm. for them. OK, I think it's I think. I think the good thing there is when you find the guy that you really love, if you do, you'll take parts of you Mm -hmm. that'll stay the same. And then you'll probably, it's called emotional porous, I think. So you'll conform a little bit to him and a little bit of the way he does things, but he'll be the one that lights you up. Like that brings out the best in you. Like you're probably a bunch of different things. And then you get around these guys and it's the worst ones. And you're like, I don't like who I'm becoming. Like I want to be all these things. Then you'll get to a guy and he makes you laugh. He challenges you. He, You're curious. Like, he is also curious and you have these great conversations. You're like, I love who I am when I'm with him. That's so true. I think it's cool that you're able to fit into these people's lives, too. That's true because we all have had friends who turn us into people we don't like. Mm-hmm. But now I'm at the age where I've gone through so many of that where I'm around friends who bring out the best. I mean, I love the person I am around them and that can be the same in relationships too. Totally. Pro- we talk about proximity all the time. It's like they really do bring things out and relationships so important yeah. because you're kind of like giving a part of yourself up and to them. And so yeah. you have to make sure when you give yourself to them that they take care of it and when they give it back, it's the best. Can I talk to you about something that has to do with relationships? 2023, you're not going to say, can I ask can you a question? question? That was a different, that was, wow. Yeah. You thought about that. I also, this is not an excuse, but I told you this yesterday. I like, <laughs> everyone knows like, I whatever that relationship was ended, I have just been so emotionally exhausted these past few days where I like, it's, 
so it's been so hard to even form thoughts and sentences where I didn't even think about asking you a question because my brain isn't all the way turned on. Oh, but funny. now now that you mentioned that, can I, <laughs> Alex, can I ask you a question? Yes, it's not really a question. It's more of like I was reflecting on my most recent relationship, and this TikTok came up, and it just hit home because not only. Does it apply to me? It applies to you. It applies, I'm sure, to Alana's life. It applies to family, friendships, everything. Mm -hmm. And this girl said, everyone talks about cutting people off, but no one talks about the grief that comes with having to stand firm on your decision, even though it's not what you what you actually want, but it's necessary for your well-being. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Because if you end something with a guy that no one really likes or they're like, they're, your friends are like happy for you, then no one ever really talks about like the grief you're feeling of standing firm in that decision, even though it doesn't like you didn't want it because you still like them, but you know for your well being it's what needed. Like when Graham cheated on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that to me, in a nutshell, goes exactly to the point of short term versus long term. Yeah. So short term, what's less painful? Staying with the person that's bad for you, staying with Graham, even though I knew he cheated on me. Okay. Long term, what's better? Cutting it off with a, a toxic person, having to do a cold, hard break after yeah. you've been cheated on. It's so painful in the moment. But long term, you reap so many more rewards because you put in the good work. Yeah, because it sucks when you end something with someone you actually still have feelings for. Like, I'm sure when you ended things with Graham, yeah, you were pissed at him, but you didn't you didn't just like fall out of love with him that second he cheated on you. It hurt so fucking bad. I was in physical, like, pain. Yeah, and did anyone ever talk to you about that type of grief of standing firm in your decision? Or the, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of hard to verbalize, but everyone who's gone through it knows what we're talking about. Have you ever had a friend who isn't outright, like, an asshole, but you're <clears> like, this This friendship doesn't serve me every time I'm around her, we're gossiping, and yeah. it's draining. Yes. So you say to yourself, I got to draw a line in the sand. I'm not hanging out with them anymore. I've had that friendship, yeah. And then they text you and you're like, oh, big groups going. I'll just go. And it's like, no, because if you go, you take a step backwards. Mm -hmm. And that's like a form of grief, too, because it's like it's not easy to have to draw the line in the sand. You start to convince yourself it would be fun. But, you know, what's best for you is not hanging out with that person because they don't make you feel happy. Yeah. And it's like that in and of it, like killing a friendship like that is also a form of grief. And it's really hard in the moment, but it's better long term. Yeah, because you might have that short term happiness, but then the long term happiness is going to be not there at all because you're then the next thing you have to wake up and realize that now you took a step back. You kind of have that friendship again. And then you have to go through the grief all over. And it always, the world always works where it's like you said something you feel icky about because you knew if you went around them, you wake up and you're like, it's just, and it's like you, right, you're right back to where you started and you knew yeah. it. Yeah. Cause it's like, would you rather end things now with that friend or family member or boyfriend or girlfriend and feel really, really shitty for maybe like three months or end it in a year and have that up and down, really, really sad, kind of happy feeling for a whole year and then feel like shit for even probably six months because you have a longer, you've established a longer relationship with that person. At, that's such a good point. Did you ever have any, um, what? Nothing. This mic is just pissing me yeah, off. Yeah, I was just laughing at the mic. Is also, I, can I ask you something? Yeah. Yes. I need to know if I'm the asshole because this is making me think about something. Oh, okay. 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 I probably am, but I, whatever. I have good intentions. Wait, Alana, do you have a question? 
Yeah, I actually have a burning question for you guys. Okay, so my my girlfriends live together, four of them. And they obviously, you know, have like roommate issues sometimes. And they always, every single one of them, vents to me about it. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. So, and I, it's just like dumb shit too, right? Like, but festering stuff. Some of it can be, is bigger than, you know, just roommate stuff, but whatever. And like... They're, they were all, like, talking about the one and, like, the issue they had with her. Mind you, these are, like, my best friends from, like, childhood. And I I know how she feels, too. So I'm like, guys, I'm fucking tired of this. This is how she, this is what she thinks. This is why she feels this way. And maybe if you just knew that, you can all get over it. And then everyone was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, I felt, I left this conversation feeling like an asshole, kind of. Because... I was the messenger a little bit. You know what I mean? Because, like, I told you guys this so you can know all the details and therefore, like, talk about it and get over it and stop just gossiping about it all the time. Do you know what I mean? Did number four, the odd man out, know that you were going to deliver the message? Um, no. Yeah, because, like, the when I hear that, I think- But it was, like, so it was, like, earlier in the day. She told me this earlier. She, number four, told me earlier that day. And then one, then one, three, and one, two, three, uh, I was with them later in the afternoon and they were talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think it's fair that you were put in the middle by any means, but (laughs) I don't know if I would have, I would have tried to sat everyone down in the same room. Like you guys, we're all going to figure this out together. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, I I feel like you dropped the bomb and then you got to walk off. Well, I didn't walk off. I was there for the rest of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm saying the four of them have to go back home and live together. Mm-hmm. And you're out of it. And yeah. so it's like you ignited the fire, threw kerosene on it, lit it. And then st- went Stood home. there for a little bit, got your hands warm. And then you got to go home and sleep with Mike. That's true. And the four of them had to go. And they'd wake up the morning, in the morning together. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was probably just festering, honestly. I think you knew that, though. Yeah. I was <laughs> fucking done. You started. I just am done with. I was like, and that's what I said too. I was like, I'm done with this, you know, just like bullshit. Well, we're at the age where we we need to know that if we have a problem with a friend, we can talk to that friend. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. I haven't. I don't. We should be talking behind our friends' backs anymore. Like we're 27, 29, 26. Mm -hmm. It's like that's very high school to me. Like I have an issue with a friend. I'm just gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna give it to you straight. Yeah, because the way that if I always think if a friend will gossip to me, they'll gossip about me. Yeah. And it makes me trust them like way less. Yeah. yeah. If I know I can leave the room and I, I know the soldiers in there that have my back. Always with girl stuff. I learned that in college. I learned that in high school. Like last week's episode when you said it, we're at the age where we're building our army for the worst days. the ra- Only mm-hmm. for the rainy days. Because yeah. we've got the sunshine days on lock. But I learned in high school because I do want to talk to you guys about girl drama because I've been, for some reason, it's been on my mind, the thing that happened to me in college, but... Well, and the Kim K video. And the Kim, the hater friends. But in high school, I learned when I left the room, <clears throat> who would talk about me and who wouldn't. And the people that would talk about me behind my back were when somebody else left the room, they would talk to me about them. Mm-hmm. And I knew immediately, at the time, you feel safe. You know, your friend's talking shit on your other friend that's out, that's going to the bathroom, and you're like, okay, I'm safe right now. Well, then it's your turn to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And guess what they're doing? Talking about you. It also sucks, too, because I remember... So many friendships of mine in high school and in college were based off of, like, our relationship formed 
based off talking shit about other people. I remember one time I <coughs> was like, I was talking to my mom and I'm like, all I do with this one friend is talk shit about other people. And it wasn't even necessarily like our friends, it was just like people in general. I'm like, that's the basis of our whole relationship. Mm. It's toxic, it's negative, And I can't be friends with her anymore because we like being positive around her would be foreign. And and she wouldn't be receptive to it. Exactly. It's a false sense of bonding. You think you're bonding with somebody when you're gossiping Mm -hmm. and you're not. You never are. The way the only way to bond with somebody is to go up. It's like when you prey on other people's relationship, thinking yours is getting stronger. Yeah. You and your husband are having problems. So you start talking shit about the people that live. Tom and Sally down the hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think your relationship's getting better. But the second the conversation's over, you're just left with your same shitty relationship. Or when you <laughs> form a relationship around only being drunk together. I don't oh, care if you have worst. meaningful conversations and you're drunk. It doesn't count until you're sober. Yeah. It's a fa- it's a false sense. Because as soon as you're sober, you're going to be like, this is foreign to me. How do I how how do I act around you? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's false. And it feels it feels really good. And I think it can almost be addicting to people. Yeah. But you'll go. There are people making new friends is hard, you know, right? Mm. So I have found myself, this is a long time ago because now I've learned it. But if I didn't know what else to talk to the person about, if I've tried everything and we're like not hitting, sometimes if they turn to gossip, I'll be like, yeah, and I'll get into it and I'll leave and I'll be like, that's not bonding. It's a, well, it's a cop out because some people don't want to challenge themselves to have meaningful conversations. Like I've gone on dates with people where, I've tried to have meaningful conversations. And one guy a long time ago was like, wow, you really like to have deep conversations. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> you are, where did this, this trauma come from? Are you, are you, can you not be vulnerable? I'm sorry, but if you can't be vulnerable, no relationship in your life is ever going to form. Well, and what are we going to talk about if we're not, ta- like, what do you want to talk about? What's, yeah. What do you want to fill the air with? Like, what's your favorite food? Like, you like hot dogs? Are you a burger guy? He talked shit a lot about, like, he would vent to me about his friends a lot. I'm like, I don't even know your friends. Yeah, that's exhausting. Like we had friends of friends um, and a lot of our conversation would be him just like venting. And it's like, like, you don't think we're this is a false sense of bonding right now. Yeah. People put others down to make themselves feel taller. But it's actually we're getting old enough now to know Mm -hmm. when you put somebody else down, you're smaller. It's like you think you say you think if I'm like, she's not even that cute. I got cuter. No, I got 25 I times uglier. Like yes. I'm like, you're ugly in my eyes now. Yeah. Like, like I hate gossiping about people that have nothing to do with my life. Right. And yeah. like they're what they're doing. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like the only thing that's so fair to gossip about is like they did this to me. Like, I yeah. feel this. They're making me feel bad. Blah, blah, blah. Like when someone starts gossiping about like, can you believe what she wore to whatever? I'm like. Dude, I like don't give a fuck. Like my mom's like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, like, let's be clear. Like. <laughs> This we're not saying you can't talk to somebody about your problems, but you need to make sure that that conversation you're having with that person is getting you to a place to have that conversation with the person you're talking about. Yeah, you can have an outlet. I think there's a really good yeah. there's certain yeah. friends where you're like, I need to talk to you because this is pissy. And of course, we're human. And like, please do that. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. I need someone I can trust to vent to. Absolutely. Without a doubt. As opposed to I'm trying to fill the air. Yeah. And it's coming from a, play, a bad place. And talk to that friend because you were you're trying to come up with a game plan on how to fix these issues. That's and why I ball dropped, bomb dropped. And a good friend, yeah, yeah. And a good friend too will make you. They'll call yes. you. They'll be like, no, sorry, don't like the way you handled that. Or stop talking to me about it. Go talk to them about it. Yes, there's been so many times with like my best friends where I'm like, okay, we've talked about this now three times. 
you have to have this conversation with that friend. What are you doing about it? Like, what are we going to do about it? And it, cause it's, it's just like, even if your friend's dating a bad guy, it's like bad friends, bad guys. Like we, you should always be helping that friend to come up with a game plan. Yes. Did you, yes. Did, did you ever have, were girls ever mean to you? I'm going to be honest. No, I was never, I was very lucky where I was never bullied. I was, no one ever like was mean to me growing up. And I know a lot of people are like, if, if people weren't mean to you, it's because you were the mean person. No, I was not. Mm -hmm. I was, I was also like the, I was weird. Like I was not cool when I was younger. Like <laughs> you guys saw the picture of me. Like I was oh, yeah, kind I of a nerd. Like, oh, I love that. I was thing. shy. Boys scared the shit out of me. I didn't do anything bad. Like, I was just like a scared little girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, okay. I in college had a group of girls that were so fucking mean to me that I drove home in the middle of the night and like bawled in my dad's arms. Oh. And one, and then like a week later, drove down to Dallas, which is like a three hour drive from Oklahoma City to cry to Sydney. And I stayed there a week because like I didn't know what else to do. And it's taken me until the past like two months I would never talk about it. I, I didn't know if I was in the wrong. Like, I would walk into our sorority house and, like, they wouldn't speak to me. Like, they were so mean to me. I And it's and I never could, like, process it. Do you ever figure out why? Yeah, I mean, I know. I kind of know the story as to, like, what. It was over a boy. But the... the Wait, was this the girl that looks like you? <laughs> yes. <gasps> oh. And her whole friend group was mm. so mean to me. And even, like... Years afterwards were still mean to me. Like, and it hurt me so bad, but I could never look back on it and like stand up for myself and be like, no, they were fucking mean to me until like the past two months. And it's like coming and it's like, it's taken me almost eight years to be like, I think I was bullied by like a group of girls. I mean, what, like what happened all of a sudden to make you like realize this? I got, an, I got, I had a falling out with one of the girls in the group and the whole entire group, I mean, was so mean to me. So it was almost like, it's like that group of girls where I don't care what you guys think. If I hate someone, you all have to hate them too. Yeah. And I it, hate that. And it hurt me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, damn, like, but I wonder, I, I feel like a lot of girls probably, whether you were in the right or wrong, whatever, looking back though, like having girl drama and like people being mean to you, I feel like it's really hard to process it as girls because it can be like so hurtful at the time. Yeah. And it's like the older you get maybe the more clarity you get on it. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to see what you guys said on it. Cause it just now to where I'm like, no, oh, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, when I was in college, uh, the, my second year in college, the two, so there was four of us living together and two of those, the two girls were so mean to me and the other girl. And I mean, we were so young. Like we, me and this other girl were probably a little mean back, but it was like, that's the only thing I ever, that was the only time where like a more than one girl was like really mean to me all the time. Mm. But I can process that because I'm like, we live together. We did everything. Like it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I, I don't know, like I really can't imagine what that would feel like to be iced out of a friend group. And I would try to say hi to them too. Like I remember at some of their weddings, like I would say, I would try to say like hi to the girls and they would just be like, hi. And I was like, damn, no, like still. Yeah. And it knocked my confidence for a while because I felt so awkward. And now I'm like, don't fucking treat somebody like that. Like I was wronged, but I couldn't accept that for so long. Also, the fact that these girls are holding on to this 
hatred for you over the stupidest thing ever, I'm sure, because it was college, it shows the level of maturity they have and like the level of growth they have not done. Right. And now I'm, I want, I think I wonder now if I saw them, would we be like, Hey, Hey, what's up? Like, how are you? You know, maybe some of them have a baby. Maybe not. I don't even know like what everyone's doing, but I, I don't know why it's like, maybe I've come more into myself and like, you know what you deserve. And like, sometimes I think, I think maybe the biggest thing is you look back on situations and if you were treated wrong, somehow you thought you were in the wrong. no, but then you that's you become cool. you become positive you weren't. Yeah, no, that's like anytime you end things or when I've ended things with guys, I think that like I always think like was it me? But no, wait. I then I have to remind myself no, they treated me wrong. And there is such thing where you were actually treated wrong. Yes. Like why do we have this thing where we're like, "Oh, well I was definitely culprit for all of these reasons." And it's like and a, and a lot of times there's beauty in taking ownership, but I think there's certain scenarios that are so bad where you're like, no, that was fucked up and they were wrong. Fully. Wait, can you say that again? Like, no, like the treating. Sometimes when people treat us wrong, we think we are in the wrong. Is yeah. I think sometimes when we're being treated wrong or a situation ends or something, we sit there and we're like, I definitely had 50% of that. And I think, and I love the ownership because oh I think God. a lot of times we need it. I love that. But there are certain times where it's like, no, I wasn't the asshole. I just wasn't. And you all were. And I didn't at the time I couldn't stand up for myself. Like I didn't have the power because I thought I was really wrong or something. They make you think that. Yeah. But to stand up and be like, no, fuck that. Also, just because more girls disliked you, like the numbers game doesn't count. Like just because there was like, let's say four girls who all thought this way about you does not mean that you were in the wrong because they for sure, since four of them thought that way, Versus one, like Alex was definitely in the wrong. Totally. And I didn't go gather my troops. Exactly. I didn't go shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. You didn't come up with people to bully them back. No, I wasn't like, oh, you guys have an army of five. Here's my army of five. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I told my two friends exactly what happened, exactly what happened. And then I told my two friends, you always be nice to all of them. Always. Like, you don't need to go to war for me. I'm good. How how embarrassing, too. Like, I would. Can you imagine me like, (laughs) okay, guys, you two better be mean to everyone who hurts me like that. I would be so embarrassed if you were if you guys were ever rude to even a guy I dated. It's also like you never got the apology. So you're probably probably confusing. You know, the closure. You never got to be like, oh, okay, maybe they were wrong. I actually think that's probably a big part of it. Like, it's just it's just like left. Yeah. Yeah. And you're at an age where. I mean, that's very traumatizing. I think it. I think it was traumatizing. Friendships Did you live in the same life. house? Like, was it like a sorority house, or they're just like in your sorority? We lived in the same sorority house, yeah. And then after that, we lived in separate houses. Mm. Like build, building friendships when we're young is so important in building meaningful conversations. Like any type of person, I think, and this is a little drastic, but we talked about this last night. Is we like accept the love we think we deserve, and that goes from family, friends boys, girls, like relationships, anything. So it's like if you have these friends, these girls who you thought were your friends showing you the love that you think you deserve, like that's traumatizing. And then you, I feel like, would be very broken to find any other friendships going forward. Yeah, I was scarred for a really long time and I didn't like trust people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were they like your actual friends? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say they were. Was it all over a boy? I think, yeah, I think so. And I think it spiraled. That happened to me, but I got the apology. See, that's nice. Yeah. And I always knew that they were like fucking lame about it. So I didn't really care. Like my <laughs> yeah. friend, my friend was dating my best friend from home. And then when they broke up, everyone was like, well, why are you still friends with him? I'm like, I've known him for like 10 years. Like you dated my friend. Like, oh, and they wanted you to hate him. Yeah. Okay. Like, no. You're like, yeah, so no, no. <laughs> no. That's funny. You're like, no. Like Kim, 
Kim K said? What'd she say? She said she doesn't have, she's like, I don't have a hater friend. No. Let me play it. Let me find it. I <clears throat> feel like in this part of my life, I don't have any hater friends. I don't think I do either. Growing up, I definitely did. I probably was a hater friend growing up too because I was insecure. Like I look at my friends and I light up when they are doing amazing things mm -hmm. and I'm so proud of them and I'm so excited for them. You're not like a hater friend. At, they're absolutely yeah. not. And you can't, I don't even have those in my life. Mm -hmm. I do not have one hater friend in my life. I don't have time for it. I don't have room for it. Kim's version of a hater friends is she has, everyone in her life supports her. Right. She doesn't have time for anyone who, because essentially I think the interviewer was getting at like, <clears throat> do you, you must have friends in your life who are jealous of your success because you're Kim freaking Kardashian. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, all of my friends are so excited for my success and are so genuinely interested in my life and want to be a part of it. And when I'm successful, they're happy for me. Okay. I love, and I love that. Yeah. And what it made me ask myself though, was not who do I have any hater friends, but am I supporting people enough? That's what I asked myself after I watched the clip. I was like, can I find, I love that. You know, I'm like, I, the obvious ones that I support, but then I'm like, can I find another person to just like reach out to and be like, hi, I'm really freaking proud of you. And I noticed what you're doing. And like, you go girl. Cause when people send us that, it means so much. Yeah. But I'm like less about and more about who am I, who am I not hating on? I saw this quote today and I was like, wow, I love that. It was some, and I'm going to try to reword it. But like I said, my brain just isn't working. Like it, yeah, I get used to, <laughs> um, it was like in 2023, we're going to be supporting everyone's dreams because supporting other people's dreams will not take away from you reaching your dreams. Love that. Like, and I saw that. I was like, that is so valid. Like, just because I'm, and we, we do that so much where we bring other people down because we think that's going to get us ahead. But it's like you bring other people up is actually going to bring yourself up long term. There's nothing more rewarding. They say when you're inside your head, get outside yourself. Yeah. And I love that because it's like when I, if I'm in here and I'm like, it's like send a nice text, write a nice letter, comment something nice on someone's photo and immediately you feel better. Yeah. Like I think, and it's like when you're really tired, my brother the other day was like, I'm exhausted. And I was like, but when you've got good energy around you, the world makes you less tired. Like it just does. And I really think like energy and all the things like that, like positivity propels you forward. Positive vibes only. only. I, I've truly believed since I was very young that good things happen to good people. Like positive energy. Like my dad used to always joke with us because my dad's kind of a negative person. He'd always be like, whenever you and your mom travel, everything's perfect. But whenever I travel, something always bad, like something bad always happens. And I was like, dad, because we're positive. <laughs> Literally, that's the only explanation is we are positively thinking and manifesting knowing that this trip is going to go great where you're like something bad is about to happen he's just waiting for the next shoe to fall and drop fall? i don't know drop 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 even if even if something bad you know when you're when you are in positive mode and something bad does happen you're like oh it's all good it probably happened for a reason like you don't even take it as a bad thing like it's perspective yeah. like i mean not to toot my own horn but that's what i did i was like yeah that's ending this relationship sucked but this was the universe allowing me to go into 2023 with only positive people who love me. Yes. It's like, you, it's like silver lining all day. Yes. Love it. We love positive outlooks only. Oh, P -P. positive outlooks only. Quick pause for a word from the one, the only 
Adam and Eve. Oh, I love them. Who wants better sex? Raise your hand. The best way to start getting the best sex in 2023 is to get an amazing deal from Adam and Eve. And they do every time they give our listeners the best deal. What'd you say this morning? You want a new vibrator? I know I need a new vibrator, Alex. Well, guess what? At adamandeve.com, you can get 50% off plus free shipping. That's 50% off an adventurous new toy, a slippery lube, or almost anything else you desire. 50% off almost any item. Just use code MEANGIRL at checkout. You love the vibrators, the little flower. I do. It's my favorite thing in the world. Doesn't matter what you choose because all of it will be packaged and sent discreetly for free. So make 2023 the best sex of your sex life so far. Go to adamandeve.com, select any one item, use code MEANGIRL, M-E-A-N-G-I-R-L at checkout. This is an exclusive offer just to this podcast. So be sure to support us and use Mean Girl for 50% off. Go to adamandeve.com right now. I love that. Okay, time for the listener question. I like to think I'm rather ambitious, always wanting to grow professionally, have a new hobby, try something new, etc. Where my husband is certainly adventurous, has a great job, etc. But having goals isn't his thing. I'm so attracted to go-getters, work hard mentalities, etc. <laughs> but not his thing. How do you find your husband's good qualities and focus on them? Okay, I have a question because mm. mainly to you because you're married. Shouldn't you know your husband's good qualities <laughs> before you even start dating them? Like, that's the reason you fell in love with that person? Yes, totally. I think I, absolutely. And you can list them off and they're like right at the tip of your tongue and they're obvious every single day. Yeah. All the good things. The reasons you fell in love. Yeah. Right? Like, this isn't one of those scenarios where this guy's probably changed. He's probably always been that way. Or he just never showed her his true self. Or she didn't know what she was attracted to. Yes. Or she liked the idea of him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, at this point, I think you have to say, because you have to realize what you love, obviously. Yeah. But I think in this instance, it's like, how important is it? How important is the ambition for you? For me, it's a top three. Yeah, same. And for her, maybe it is two, but it's like, God, I don't know. I have a, I have a hard time thinking you married somebody that, like, for instance, Graham kind of fell out of this a little bit. I had to remind him. He's yeah. had it. Since I've known him, it's a burning f- like fire. And I went to him and I was like, hey, heads up, turn the lights on. Okay, we're back. Yeah. For this instance, though, it's like if he's not ambitious at all, I think you have to find lots of other things around it and say, I love these qualities about him. And then ba- you got to bury the ambition thing because you're not going to make him more ambitious. Yeah. And unfortunately, since I'm single, I'm taking a little bit more of like a negative approach to this. But I don't think you should ever get into a serious relationship with someone unless they do hit your your like core values or until you truly know what you love about that person or until you truly see their true colors in every situation. Totally. Which is very hard, very hard to do. Especially if she has like pressure of like everyone around me is getting married. I just need to find someone to get married or I love the idea of him or maybe he showed a different version of himself. Like we don't know the full story. Totally. And if he does have ambition in him, but doesn't know how to get it out, she might be the perfect partner for him. Like, she needs him to be ambitious, but in order for him to be ambitious, he might need her. Mm-hmm. So she could try that where she's like, sits him down and says like, I, I love ambition. It's really attractive to me. Do you want to set some goals or something? And he could be like, oh my God. Yeah. I've been wanting to do more. I just don't know how to do it. Like she, since she values it so much, she might be the perfect um, puzzle to his piece to help him navigate it. Yeah. And it's okay to like push your partner 
a little bit mm-hmm. to to try things that you love. And sometimes they'll be receptive and they will follow you. And sometimes they won't. And like, that's okay. Oftentimes it's why they picked you because yeah. you bring out something in them that they're really attracted to. So now that we've talked about it more, I bet he does have a little bit of ambition in him and she's perfect for realizing it, but she just needs to tell him. Yeah. Like he can't, maybe he can't find it himself, but she can do it. Exactly. I like that. Are we going to spin the wheel? Yeah, should we quick spin the wheel of misfortune? Mm. The wheel of misfortune. It's the wheel of <laughs> misfortune. Okay, so it is misfortune. What did you used to call it? I used it? to say misfortune. Yeah, and yeah. I, I didn't know if that's just how you said it or not. So I don't, I, like, oh, so I think okay. that might have just been how I said it. <laughs> you, um, I noticed it too. And then I thought maybe it was like a Northeastern thing. I don't know. I thought <laughs> you were just being cute. I was like, Maybe okay. I am just cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're sexy. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're not cute. Sorry, you're that's sexy. you. Um, okay. <laughs> Bad double date story. <laughs> I don't like double dates. And I think they're, they're overhyped. No. Double dates are either the best because I think you could do a double date in like sweatpants with like your best friend and like their guy. Or like in a sporting event. That's the best in the entire <laughs> world. The worst is the starter pack couple that we don't know that well. And oh. we're trying. And you go to dinner and you're stuck there. For the entire dinner. And there's four seats like this. And you're like, do we sit beside each other? Do we sit across from each other? Do It's like an interview where you're like, what? Is, so what do you do? And then all three of us have to sit there and listen. It's the worst. Four strangers? Yeah, like you don't think I've ever been on one like that. Wait, where you don't know the, you don't know the, no either? one knows the no. couple. Oh no, sorry. That's why I meant like it's like Mike's friend and his new girlfriend, and like I don't know her. Double you know? dates have yes. to be activities. They, they should totally be activities, especially sporting events, even like a freaking movie, because yes. you don't have to oh. talk. Yes. And you could just sit there. Yes. When I was in college, I had a friend and I was dating Graham and he was in town. And my dad was like, I want to set your friend up on this double date with my dad's financial advisor. Very serious moment. And Love. I was like, OK, great, dad. So we drive to the city. Graham drives us and her and I take shots the whole time on the way to. It's like a 45 minute drive. Blacked the fuck out by the time we get to the dinner. Graham's not. (laughs) The financial advisor does not think we're funny. We don't remember like halfway through the dinner and just safe to say we never heard from him again. It was it's one of those days where you wake up the next morning and you're just like, it's so bad. Just just brutal. Just bad, but I think we were doing it. It was real. It was a really fun night, but that was bad. And and I think my dad got wind. You know, I think he was like, "How was it?" And the financial advisor was like, "Interesting." How old was he? Like older, mm. definitely older. I think the only type of <clears throat> bad double date story I have. It wasn't bad. It was just remind me. <laughs> remind me of something because you just said what you said, but it was. I don't think you should ever drink heavily. I'm, vo- I'm voiced. I'm voiced. You texting. voice that. I don't think you should ever drink heavily on a double date because when us three went on our triple date, I remember waking up the next day with so much anxiety because I was oh like, oh my god, at the dinner I was like, part, we were all like blacked out. No, in my head, like, so I have a problem where when I'm with somebody I like and I drink. I just make out with them. I cannot oh not God. make out. Like my friend Madeline will let it make jokes and be like, she made a joke to someone one time. She's like, we can go on a double date with them, but she's going to make out with him the whole time. <laughs> so that next day I was like, did I just make out with him in front of 
Graham, Alex, Alana, and Mike the entire night because of the pictures I was seeing. Oh, no, you were good. I think you guys were just like touching under the table. But still, I had the worst. I was like, Jordan, you can never drink that much when you're on a triple double date. (laughs) Wait, I prefer, you know what I like about that though? Because you guys were touchy. It made me feel better because if I go on a double date being married, it's like, okay, we're spoken for, right? Like we're not questioning. You guys have been dating so long that it's like you guys were the new ones and I don't want you to feel awkward. So when you start kissing and stuff, I automatically felt more it relaxed. It disarmed me. Yes. Honestly. Oh, I was like, oh, because good. I kind of felt like we were like, you're like dance monkeys a little bit. Like I we don't were trying to make the night see, fun for you guys. I don't want you to see me making out with anybody though. Why? I liked it. I watched you make out on New Year's for like 20 minutes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I can Which, go. I don't know why, but I get such bad icky anxiety. And I say like, when you told me my New Year's kiss was like a full blown make out, I literally was like, oh my God. But <laughs> nice. I, you guys, when I drink, I make out making out is like it's like my second language i love it though <laughs> i love it i think it's great because you're all like i don't get to do drunk makeouts with graham anymore because he's sober that and he true. doesn't want to <laughs> diffmo with me in the club you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah he doesn't want to oh also i will say he's totally dropped the no no sex sober thing oh, oh yeah okay. yeah like last night Why? he was like come here and i was like okay wait when you got home last day yeah and did you we were so drunk. <laughs> I well, was. I, I was. So remember how I told you whenever I'm near my period, I can't, like, I'll, I have two drinks. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. I remember, I don't remember even getting home last night. <laughs> but really all we had was like four drinks. I know. That's the <laughs> scary part. From three, over the span of six hours. I know. That's why I think my, when I'm getting my period, alcohol, well, yeah, I think that's the only thing. Yeah, because I was completely fine. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Oh, I was like labeling things. and No, I woke up this morning and I was like, what happened? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was weird. But also, not to keep bringing up, but I do think like when you are like more like emotionally or mentally exhausted, alcohol just like hits you harder. Totally. And then and when you're starting your period, there is like a scientific thing where it does hit you differently. Yeah. yeah. But I'll use that excuse like in the middle of the month. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, my period's in 21 days. So I'm sorry. Because like there's some days where I can have 20 drinks and feel fine. There's some days I have two drinks and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what happened? And I, we just we just had wine. Just and champagne. Wine. And gin. Pla- the champagne at the plaza is so good. Okay, sorry. It's yeah. so good. Sorry. Um, <laughs> quick pause to talk about the one, the only, speaking of long-term solutions, better help. Because this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you are at your best, you can do great things. And when you're at your worst, you can get a lot better. Jordan and I love, live, and are obsessed with therapy. Because why? Because we consistently and constantly always want to be growing and bettering ourselves. Totally. And the people we love around us. Absolutely. We show better as ourselves when we talk about our feelings. It might it might seem scary to be in therapy, but I think once you take the first step, you you experience what we experience, which is just like a fuller life and you're way more in touch with yourself. So all you have to do on BetterHelp is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which is the best. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mean Girl today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mean girl today to get 10% off your first month. Enjoy. Love. Well, Alex, do you want to do what you do best? Like, comment, subscribe. Wait, watch YouTube, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Rewatch the whole thing on YouTube. You have to. We have a new intro. 100%. It's cool. (laughs) Um, Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review. Yay, love you guys.